Psalm 147, verse number three. Psalm 147, uh, verse number three. Now, Lord, bless and breathe uh, on our time together. It's in your name we do pray. Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Psalm 147, verse number three. Uh, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I want to talk about tonight, let God heal you. Let God heal you. Sunday after church, I was conversing with someone via messenger as they were celebrating with me about um, the church and how they had a great experience in worship. And the person went on to share some things with me. And what they said to me literally broke my heart um, as a Christian, as a preacher, as a pastor, as a lover of the Lord's church. The hurt that they had experienced in church on multiple levels. Have you ever talked to someone or text or email someone and although well, let's just say text or email. And their pain was so vivid, their pain was so real until you could feel it through um, the text or the email. You could feel their hurt, their pain, their discomfort, their displeasure. I felt this person's hurt. I felt their displeasure. I felt their pain. And nothing hurts worse <clears throat> than you than when you go when you experience hurt at the place where you're supposed to receive healing. Nothing, no, nothing is more tragic than to experience hurt, pain, calamity, and even to venture into chaos in, in a place where you're supposed to receive healing. The balm for your, for your troubles. <clears throat> and I thought about that on a higher and a holier level of not just people who experience hurt in church or not from church, but people who experience hurt as a result of people in church or just people who experience hurt in various walks of life, be it the church, be it your family, um, be it your marriage, uh, domestic with your children, be it um, on your job, 
as a pastor, as a boss, as an entrepreneur, as an employee, as a best friend, as a husband, as a wife, as a daughter, as a child, as a best friend, um, hurt is hurt. And we all have had our share of hurt. And before we leave this world, we'll experience even more hurt. That's just the way life is. That's just the circle of life. But as much hurt as we receive along the process, we also have a responsibility to get better. Let it hurt, let it heal, but most of all, let it go. It hurts. The experience traumatized you. It hurts. It 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 broke your heart. It it literally set you back a few steps. It hurt. <coughs> but you also have to make up in your mind. Excuse me. You also have to make up in your mind. Also to get healed, that you want to heal, that you want to do better, you want to um, experience that uh, wholeness of God. That the experience did hurt you, but you don't want to just live there. But you want to, watch this, let it go. Now, let's be honest. Based upon the trauma, the circumstances, and the issues, sometimes that's a process. Uh, for some people, you can you can deal with it and move on. But for some, uh, they have to grapple with some things and work through and work work around some things, and that's okay because guess what? Everybody's journey is not the same. Every one's journey and process is not the same. And so what, what may take some people uh, three weeks to heal, three months to heal, uh, may take you a year, may take you, may take you two years. But here is the whole thing. You have to start somewhere. You literally have to start somewhere. You just can't you, you just can't decide, I'm just going to stay here. And some of you have decided, I'm going to stay here for various reasons. Uh, it's For some of you, it's safe. For some of you, it draws attention. For some of you, you don't want to face it. It's better to avoid the issues. It's better to act as if it didn't happen. But guess what? It did happen. It absolutely did happen. Your pain, your heartache, your heartbreak, your, your trauma is absolutely real. And I felt this person's pain. I felt this person's heartache. I felt this person's trauma. I felt this person's heart through Facebook Messenger. And in that moment, I had what, what Dr. A. Lewis Patterson Jr. called, I had one of those 
mirror the moment experiences. That every preacher must learn to mirror the moment to see sermons in stone. And I thought about it. How many people who I talk to on a weekly basis who are, they're feeling hurt, they're feeling pain, and guess what? No one knows but them and God. They've camouflaged their issues well. And here is the biggest misconception. That some of you think that you have the ability or it is your responsibility to heal yourself. Friend, friend, child of God. You do not possess the ability to heal yourself of your brokenness. There is nothing in you that has the ability to heal the hurt and the wounds that live inside of your heart right now. That there is nothing you can do in your own power to heal your hurt, to heal your mind, to heal your heart. There is absolutely nothing you can do. And then I ran across and thought about Psalm 147, verse number three. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now you need to shout that night that, that, that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's good news tonight, family. That there is a God. That there, there is a caretaker. That there is someone who loves us so much until he loves us enough to heal us. To bind us. Um, in the words of um, B. Michael McKay and Tremaine Hawkins, uh, the potter to put you back together again. You might be brokenhearted. Yeah. But there is someone in your brokenness, there, there is someone who, that, that can heal you and put you back together again. And guess what? The person who can do that is not mere flesh and blood. It is not a obey or best friend. It is not something you can drive or wear. The only person who can literally heal your broken heart and bind up your wounds is God himself. So, so two, two, two quick movements and I won't be long tonight. Number one, your brokenness is real. Your brokenness is real. Your brokenness is real. Uh, too many times, and I'm speaking from experience, self-experience, me, that um, when, 
we don't emote often and we don't share often and um, we become evasive. When I say we, I mean people who are like me. Because you don't want to really deal with the trauma and the tragedy that you've dealt with in your life. And so you just avoid it. Um, you bring no acknowledgement to it. You don't, you don't talk about it. You don't discuss it. Um, once you get past it, you live as if it never happened. And that can be, <clears throat> that can be dangerous. Um, that can be dangerous mentally, uh, spiritually, and emotionally. It, it can be it can be really really dangerous because uh, you can never fix what you feel what you refuse to address. Um, you you can never fix what you refuse to confront. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It will just become a sore that becomes infected. Uh, that ultimately will, will harm you worse down the road. Uh, again, one of the worst things you could ever do is talk about and say, I don't claim it. You don't have to claim it, it gets claimed you. But the only way you can get past it is to address it that he hurt me, she hurt me, it hurt me. I hurt myself. Your brokenness is real. And as much as you try to, uh, as the elders from my home, my home state and city would say, uh, as much as you try to put on, you know, and uh, act like you have it together, that your brokenness is real. And brokenness, uh, can linger and brokenness has so many faces to it. Um, not just death, not just divorce. Um, brokenness has so many facets and faces to it. And you have to really admit to yourself that I'm in a broken spot. And no matter where you vacation, no matter what you drive, no matter where you eat, no matter where you wear. Watch this. No matter how much you try to be loud and laugh and be silly and joke around and be jovial and be the life of the party and the center of attention. And usually people who are the loudest are, are hurting the most. People who always are trying to be the life of the party and you know, laugh and crack jokes. They're usually doing that because they're trying to keep it together. As well as make other people think that everything is okay. And I get that because you don't really want people in your business, in your home, in your church, you know, in, 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 uh, in your family's affairs, in your personal business. I get that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying announce to the world that you're broken or you are hurting. I'm just saying the first step is looking in the mirror 
and telling yourself, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a broken place. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well right now. And many people aren't well right now. In pulpits, in choir lofts, in high rises, wearing the best of clothes. can purchase any automobile, credit score off the roof, but they're miserable. And the hardest person to admit your misery to is usually yourself. Because what happens is you are so used to, uh, again, putting on and faking until you actually believe your lie to a certain point, I'm okay. I'm making it. I'm okay. I'm okay is the biggest lie we've ever we've ever told ourselves. Because honestly, you're not okay, and you know you're not okay. And one of the reasons why, too, it's hard to it's hard to admit that you're brokenness because you just don't know who you can trust with your brokenness. Yeah. Talk back to me if you can. Talk, talk, talk back to me if you can. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, in front of people because you just don't know if that person will use your vulnerability or what you shared with them uh, to harm you. And so I get it, I get it, you know. Uh, and so that's why sometimes you have to do work, work on yourself and you have to literally have, watch this, have certain conversations with with God. And again, I am a I am a great pro pro proponent of therapy. If if you need to see it, if you if you if you think you can't trust him, her, or them, then see a therapist. I'm I'm a big proponent of therapy. See, see a psychiatrist, see a psychologist, see a therapist, see, see someone that you can talk to and let your guard down and be vulnerable enough knowing that what you say won't go anywhere else. And unfortunately, uh, the way life is set up now, you just don't know who you can trust. Even the people you think you can sometimes, uh, excuse me, uh, my, my mama would put it like this, even the people you think you can trust, you have to be careful because because mad day may come. You know what mad day is, right? That that people you think you can love the most and trust the most, they may get mad and spill all all your business. And so you have you you're in this place, this this strange conundrum. Who can I trust? And you want to talk because you really want to admit that you are broken to just uh, not not just to yourself because you're crying out for help. But beyond the therapist and beyond. Uh, uh, a shrink, a, 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 a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Peter says, uh, 
Cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. So yes, the, the option of talking to someone is there. But before you talk to anyone, talk to Jesus first. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Your brokenness is real. And the sooner you admit that, the sooner you can begin the healing process. That, that, that point where you're trying to become whole. Your brokenness is real, is real, friends. And guess what? Some of you are broken from childhood. Broken from past relationships. Uh, bro broken from a bad breakup, a bad uh, relationship. Broken from grief. Broken because you have yet to grieve lost loved ones. You you put it aside. You don't want to deal with it. Now all hell is broke loose in your life because you you too much of a man. You too, you too much of a strong black woman to admit that you are hurting and that you actually need somebody to hug you and to love on you and to pray for you and pray with you and cry with you and just sit in silence with you. You have to admit that you are broken because if you don't, you are going to lose the people you love. Because guess what? When I'm broken, I can't help nobody else. When I'm broken, usually other things start to break around me. When I'm broken, relationships break. Be it marriage, be it, be it children, be, be it friendship. When I'm broken, things around me also break. And guess what? If you aren't careful, and if you don't learn how to admit your brokenness, you're going to lose people around you that God has placed in your life. But because of your pride and context, because sometimes it's context, because guess what? For you who say, well, you know, my spouse or you know, my son or uh, my best friend, they don't talk. They don't, they don't want to share. Guess what? Sometimes it's not that people are being rude or mean or evil. It's their context. Case in point, most black men don't know how to talk or share or emote. It ain't natural for us. We didn't, we, we, we didn't have a role model to teach us how to share and talk and cry and be nurturing. We were taught real men don't cry. We were taught real men suck it up. We were taught deal with it and move on. And so before you just throw somebody away, sometimes you have to know their context. Maybe she was raped. Maybe she was molested. Maybe he was abused, neglected. Maybe his mama didn't hug him or love on him, and now he can't talk. He can't share. Maybe she's traumatized from her father's death. So sometimes you got to have, sometimes even in that, you have to give people a little grace, especially when you don't know their story.
because we're we're so quick to judge people uh, who 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 won't admit why they act like that. You just don't know what they're going through. And again, if you haven't had a role model to help you talk or to help you share or to help you learn how to emote, guess what? It's foreign to you. Yet and still, the only way that you can get to begin this 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 journey of healing is you have to learn how to just admit it sooner or later. Hey, man, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I ain't right. But here is the joy. As much as you are broken, guess what? God's healing is real. Your brokenness is real, but God's healing is also real. He heals the brokenhearted. Yeah. And binds up their wounds. It's almost like whether it's a cut, whether whether it's a, a fracture. You have someone there to put a cast on it or an orthopedic surgeon to break the bone, reset the bone, put a screw here, whatever it takes to get that bone to grow straight again or to get that wound to heal. That's what, that's what God, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, does for us. He heals our brokenheartedness. He binds up our wounds. And guess what? That same healing, that same hope and help, tonight, my friend, it is available for you. And perhaps you might want to have that Bartabaeus mentality. Where you just cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. As the old preacher would say, mercy suits our case. That, that, that's, what you, that, that's what you need to do. Cry out. I keep telling you all, you, you, you're going to have to learn how to participate in your own, in your, in your own miracle. Bartimaeus cried out. Jairus went to seek Jesus on the behalf of his daughter. The woman who bled 12 years pressed up behind Jesus. All I'm saying is deliverance is available for you. But you have to participate in that miracle, in that deliverance, in that breakthrough. God is available for you. He's able to heal your brokenheartedness. Because what happens is if, if you don't, if, if, you, if your heart, if your heart does not get healed. You you end up angry and bitter and mad. 
And guess what? What they did to you was wrong. What happened to you is horrible. And sometimes you have to learn how to learn how to live minus the apology. Because some folk will never apologize. Some folk will never take responsibility for what they said to you, what they did to you, how they treated you. It is just not in them to take responsibility for the hurt, the pain that they caused you. They're not going to do it. Now you can make a choice. Are you going to be just continuously mad with them because they refuse to apologize? You can't control what they do. But you have to make a choice. Do you do you want to get better? Or do you want to just keep living in this abyss of bitterness and anger and frustration and with the bad disposition? Can't control death, can't control sickness can't control what people say about us or do to us. And our brokenness is real. But when you read scripture, the healing power of God is also real. And tonight I want you to make a conscientious choice to start your process of healing. Start your process Stop, stop making excuses. Stop talking about what they did. Okay, they did it. Okay, they said it. Okay, it hurt. You know that and we know that. But guess what? Talking about that constantly won't change anything. Now, if, if it's cathartic for you to talk, you know, uh, for, you know, in a session or so, but here's the whole thing. You can't talk about it without trying to get past it. You have to put the work in to try to get past it. How do you get past it? I told you earlier, you can't do it on your own. You have to seek the grace of God, the mercy of God, say your prayers, read your Bible, and ask God to heal your heart. Because if you don't, you'll turn into who you hate. If you don't, you'll act just like the people who hurt you. And now you are hurting people because they hurt you. Be it death, be it grief, whatever it is. Friends, you have to make a choice. Because scripture says God, God, God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And that same God tonight wants to put you back together again. The question is, do you want to get better? Do you want to be better? Or have you, have you, have you, 
sunk so deep until you just can't even, you don't want to get better anymore. You like being bitter now. You like being angry now. Be it church hurt, be it relational, be it grief, be it um, occupational, whatever the case may be. You have to make a choice. I want to get better, but I can't get better on my own. I get better through the power of God. I get better through the healing, flowing power of God. Let God heal you tonight. Start the journey. Start the process of healing. God can take it away. Or God can work through the process with you. But you have to make a cognizant choice. I want to be healed. I want to be made whole. I want to do better. And again, let God heal you. Because guess what? Money can't do it. Money can money can't do it. The latest automobile, the bigger the, the a, a bigger house can't do it. Um, a new shoe, a new car, um, a new person can't do it. Only God can do it. I want to pray for you tonight that God will begin the process of healing uh, your heart. Lord, our Father, how we thank you for this day. We thank you for this night. I pray for every brother, sister who's watching me tonight. Their hearts are broken because life has happened to them. I pray for the healing of their heart. I pray for the healing of their soul. That the potter will put them back again. And when you heal them, help them to share the gospel with someone else and be a testimony. And if God healed me, he can heal you. Thank you for healing. Thank you for making whole. We love you because you first loved us. It's in your name we do pray. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.